Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 1, 13-22, called When Your World Falls Apart. I still believe today that if America is going to come back to what God wants us to be, it's going to be because we come back to God. Amen? Amen. Now, when we begin to look at the things that were taken from Job, if you look at verse 3 of chapter 1, Job's possessions are named for us there, enunciated. Job 1.3 has 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys. So in the first raid, humanly, you know, it's, it's through a human band of Sabians, 500 yoke of oxen and 500 female donkeys appear to be taken in totality. It doesn't say that, but that seems to be the implication. The Sabians, if you wondered, were nomadic raiders from Sheba. They hailed from the southwest west corner of Arabia, which is present-day Yemen. So they came from the south. They uh, attacked. Job's animals were taken. Job's servants were killed. You know, in a master-servant relationship, the servants of this time would be like employees. And so I'm sure Job had personal relationships with many of them. I'm sure there was a love there. I'm sure that Job began to think about how am I going to explain this uh, to family members. He probably began to uh, imagine conversations and picture faces and try to think about how do, you, how do we deal with this? How do we move on? Maybe even begin to formulate a plan on how to respond. But while that servant was still telling of what happened, another came also. The idea is one on top of the other or one who comes in to interrupt the other's tragic tale. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Here's a natural disaster. You call this, insurance companies call this an act of God. He came, and this is his view of things now. He said, the fire of God fell from heaven. The other one wasn't even done. The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants or the shepherds and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Before Job can even recover or begin to formulate a plan on how to deal with maybe even people he thought could still be wanting to have, uh, wage a second attack against his property and his animals, all of a sudden now there's a natural disaster that's happened to the sheep. And he has a lot of them. What was it? 3,000 we just read about. And, a, and the fire of God came down. Scholars say that the fire of God is a description of a lightning bolt. Uh, a tremendous lightning bolt. And in this case, some sort of fire lightning bolt comes down and consumed Job's sheep, his flock, and not just his animals, but his shepherds. They were all burned up. They were all burned up in a massive uh, fire strike from the heavens to the earth. And if you're Job, you have to start thinking, what in the world is going on? 
And I'm sure Job didn't think what in the other world is going on behind the scenes. But indeed, now another tragedy has happened. You could call this a natural disaster. The first one that Satan uses is he uses people, the Sabians. And now he has some sort of control or ability over nature to some limited extent, of course, by God's allowing. The servant says it's the fire of God. It's a lightning bolt. It's... uh, Something that has come and burned up the sheep and the servants. They are consumed. They are dead. They are there. Uh, imagine if you're Job, you you're begin to envisage your sheep all over the place, fried to a crisp. Shepherds who are burned, burned alive. You want to talk about just reeling and wondering what is going on? Another traumatized servant interrupts the scene. I think it's, uh, how many sheep did Job have? What's the verse say? 7,000, it wasn't 3,000. And they were burned up by the fire of God. If you're interested in this common description of lightning, you can look at Numbers 11, 1 through 3, that talks about the fire of God and its other places as well. What would you be thinking if you were Job? Oh, no, 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 not again. My servants, my shepherds, the sheep, Maybe Job and his sons were shepherds. You know, that shepherd-sheep relationship is a dear one. Could be. Uh, more of his servants dead. Maybe Job quickly thinks, is this, was this a freak storm? I didn't hear about anything like this. Where did it come from? And why? And why here? And why now? I mean, all these questions come to mind, right? When we're experiencing something that shocks us. Job couldn't help but think of what the sheep brought in by their fleece and their milk and all that they supplied for his huge uh, estate. I'm sure there was shock, trauma, experienced by victims of earthquakes and tsunamis. You've seen some of the footage where, you know, a tsunami will wipe out an entire village or area and the people are walking around dazed. They're in shock. There's whole specialty teams to try to walk people through stuff like that. There's people who help with traumas of accidents and go to high schools when, you know, something's happened to a student and it's, it's a whole process. But it's not over because a third wave comes. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands and made a raid on the camels. And took them and slew the servants, those associated with the camels, with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. As Job reeled and tried to process what he had just heard, now another group, the Chaldeans, has come. They've come to the land. They've made a raid on the camels. They split up into three groups with the idea of attack. And they've made a raid on the camels. They took the camels And they killed the servants with the edge of the sword. How much can one man take in one day? The Chaldeans were nomads from southern Mesopotamia. They were part of various West Semitic marauding tribes active in the middle Euphrates from the 12th to the 9th century BC. They migrated eastward into Assyria and then into Babylonia and were, says this study Bible, the forerunners of the Chaldean or Neo-Babylonian dynasty established by Nebuchadnezzar's father. So sometimes you've seen that Babylon is a synonym with 
the Chaldeans. And so this is the area of the world that we're talking about. We're talking about modern-day Iraq. And so now another group has come, now from the north, if you will, and they've come down, and Job has become their enemy. And there's an enemy behind the enemy. See, each attack is coming from the ultimate enemy of our souls who goes about as a roaring lion seeking what? Someone to devour. He's used what we could call natural cataclysmic events, but he's also used foreign armies. And we can see in world history how I believe that Adolf Hitler was demonically energized. Um, I think there's, a, there's some good evidence. And his, just his hatred of the Jews alone is sufficient. But the way he spoke and what people said he was dabbling with and what he had embraced in some of his belief systems. And so people, people groups, armies, uh, natural types of events have gone on. But there's something behind the veil that is going on. And Job may be thinking of trying to comfort the grieving families. How will he pay his creditors? He's lost most of his estate. How about the rest of his staff? How is he going to comfort them? And for a moment, maybe he begins to think about his own children. Maybe he thinks, you know, my kids can help me through this and we can, we can help the rest of the group pick up the pieces and my sons are strong and together we'll rebuild and we'll, we'll go and get more animals and we'll find a way. We'll, we'll do this again, but you all know what's coming. Because we were told in verse 13 that Job's children were all together in the same house. And the fourth wave or the fourth woe comes while that former servant was still speaking. Another also came and said, your sons and your daughters. And you could see Job maybe sit down and take a big gulp. We're eating and drinking wine in their older brother's house. And Job might say, I know, I know, I know. And behold, a great wind, another natural disaster. Too human, too natural. Came from across the wilderness. This is what scholars, historians would call a shirako. And struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they died, and I alone have escaped to tell you. If we had a little further detail, the servant might say, I was outside getting some water while your kids were inside. I don't know the details, but all of a sudden this hurricane force wind hits the home, and the four corners of the home collapse, and all the children are dead. You could see Job maybe try to get a quick word in like, are there casualties? What happened? How bad is the damage? Tell me and tell me now. And the servant says, your children are all dead. I hope that for a moment you can feel Job's pain. See, when you read the rest of this book and sometimes you hear Job say some things in the, in the chapters leading up to when God finally speaks, don't ever forget what this man went through. Would you agree that this man probably experienced more suffering in one day than any person maybe in all world history has ever experienced? You know, maybe there are a few cases out there where someone's suffering was similar. And I would say save Jesus because Jesus took the cumulative sufferings of mankind upon him. 
Jesus was a type of Job, and we'll talk about that at the end. But imagine the, the hammer blows that have hit Job. The only one left of his whole family is his wife. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a long-time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they died, and I alone have escaped to tell you. If we had a little further detail, the servant might say, I was outside getting some water while your kids were inside. I don't know the details, but all of a sudden this Hurricane force wind hits the home and the four corners of the home collapse and all the children are dead. You could see Job maybe try to get a quick word in like, are there casualties? What happened? How bad is the damage? Tell me and tell me now. And the servant says, your children are all dead. I hope that for a moment, you can feel Job's pain. See, when you read the rest of this book, and sometimes you hear Job say some things in the, in the chapters leading up to when God finally speaks, don't ever forget what this man went through. Would you agree that this man probably experienced more suffering in one day than any person maybe in all world history has ever experienced? You know, maybe there are a few cases out there where someone's suffering was similar. And I would say save Jesus because Jesus took the cumulative sufferings of mankind upon him. Jesus was a type of Job, and we'll talk about that at the end. But imagine the, the hammer blows that have hit Job. The only one left of his whole family is his wife. And by the way, she ain't going to have a whole lot of good news in the next chapter. In fact, she's going to become a tool for the enemy. And she's going to say, do you still keep your integrity? Just curse God and die. The very thing Satan wanted Job to do, he used Job's wife. The one bastion of comfort he had left on this, in this world. You ever been there before? 
You ever had a really rough patch and there was somebody that you were looking to to give you a word of hope and all they did was put another wet blanket and rained on your parade? That's Job. He couldn't even look to his wife for comfort. His wife was basically saying, give up on your faith. Why, why do you still worship this God? Look what he's done to you. If you were Job, I think you just want to curl up into a ball and die. The fourth servant has brought the news. The New Living Translation says, suddenly a powerful wind swept from the, in from the wilderness. It hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. And I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. The fourth and final blow or attack from Satan was the loss of all ten of Job's children. The east wind struck the house of the eldest son, and they're gone. One writer says, These four plagues revealed to Job that all the forces of heaven and earth had turned hostile toward him. This idea is borne out by the fact that the causes of destruction alternate between earthly and heavenly forces coming from all points of the compass. The Sabians from the south, lightning from a storm out of the west, the Chaldeans from the north, and the treacherous Shirako blowing off the desert to the east. The number four in the Bible also symbolizes totality. In other texts, we have four plagues that symbolize the severest tragedy. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 14, it's hunger, wild animals, sword, and plague. In the book of Revelation, we see something similar. In fact, you could call what's happened to Job Job's four horsemen of his personal apocalypse. Because one after another, they've ridden through his front door. And what you have to imagine now is Job just crumpled as each of the servants just sit there and don't know what to do as well. The whole scene makes me want to claim, exclaim a portion of the Bible which says, whoa, whoa, whoa. How can you not want at this point to just sit and cry with Job? If you can imagine for a moment what this man has been through. And I want to read this book again in the light of the devastation that he faces so that I don't become smug or feel like, Job, what's wrong with you? Don't you get it? We got to be really careful with that stuff. And we have to be really careful when people have gone through their own trial and trauma. Not to think that we can just throw a Bible verse at them or think that, you know, it's just a matter of a little bit of time and they'll be over it. These are deep, deep wounds that have collapsed on Job. His life has fallen apart. His oldest son's home. Can you imagine for a moment as he sits there, he begins to replay his children's faces? The birth of each child. Maybe birthday parties they celebrated. First steps. Their cares, their accomplishments, the times they prayed together, their smiles, their laughter. Their potential future spouses, their potential futures. Precious and sacred times of family gatherings, gone. How do you replay a lifetime in a matter of moments like this? How do you process it? And how do you make sense of an enemy that hates God's people so much 
that this is what he would do. Remember, God did not give Satan any specifics. This is what Satan came up with. And this tells you that Satan is absolutely ruthless. And he's not to be toyed with or played with, or someone can think, oh, I can dabble with the dark side. It's not a big deal. No, 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 no. Satan is a destroyer. Look what he did to this man. And if God had given him permission, he certainly would have taken Job's life as well. This is what the enemy came up with. And it's dark and dastardly. I think the words of Jacob in Genesis 42 are apropos. Joseph He says he's bereaved of his children. He doesn't know Joseph is alive. And he says, Joseph, Genesis 42, 36, is no more. Simeon is no more. And you would take Benjamin. And then Jacob says, all things are against me. My world has fallen apart. What would you do if you were Job at this point? I want you just to think for a moment. What do you think the servants are thinking? I mean, they had just barely escaped. They saw all this trauma. And now they're looking to the head of the household, the greatest man of the East, a man who they have watched worship God day by day and even offer sacrifices just in case his kids curse God in their hearts. And now you're looking at your boss. You're looking at a spiritual uh, leader, a giant in your life, someone who set an example for you. And heaven's watching And of course, Satan's watching because Satan believes that Job is going to curse God. And then Job arose and he tore his robe. The tearing of the robe, outward expressions in Jewish uh, life, like the tearing of clothing, are supposed to depict on the outside what you're feeling on the inside. So the tearing of the robe is kind of like my heart is torn. We, we just sang, when my heart is torn asunder, and that's how Job felt. So the ripping of the clothing is really kind of like I'm torn up inside. When they would put ashes on their head or sit in ashes, it meant that my life is, is in a fire. I'm in the fire right now, the fallout of the ashes, if you will. When they would put on sackcloth, which is a coarse camel's hair garment, it meant to rub the skin and to bother you and it was coarse that's how it was a depiction of how you were feeling on the inside and Job arose and he tore his robe and he shaved his head and I'll tell you why I think he did that in a moment and he fell to the ground what's your Bible say and he worshipped you've been listening to when your world falls apart part two on walk in truth Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 1, 13 through 22. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'd love to connect with you. It's great to meet our listeners, and not everyone can visit the church in Corona, California, although we recommend you do. But either way, please connect with Walk in Truth on social media. And thanks. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, someone might say it's hard for me to believe that Job just simply fell on his face and worshiped God after all those losses. Are you kidding me? Well, you know, as we go through the book of Job, he's not going to be as impressive as time goes on. He's going to be 
honestly very human. And that gives me hope that he doesn't remain perfect throughout this book, although his first response to the agony and grief is amazing. And I remember hearing a pastor tell a story. He said he was walking into a prayer meeting and there was a gentleman, you know, on the outside of the row and he had his hands up in worship. And he said, the amazing thing about that, if I recall the story correctly, is that just a day or two before that he had lost, I believe, if I recall correctly, he had lost a wife and maybe even a child. And his hands were raised in worship at a prayer meeting. You might say, well, how is that possible? It's only possible because through God, all things are possible. And that's that's hard. But the reality is it, it can and it does happen, not just in the book of Job. And I think it's all about, you know, in whom we have trusted, even though it's hard for a Christian, just like it is for anybody else. Well, we have a Wednesday night service we've been telling you about at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor, 7 p.m. each and every Wednesday night. We're going through the book of Psalms right now, Medicine for the Soul. Uh, Selected Psalms, we go through verse by verse. We'd love for you to join us. It's a midweek service to get built up and encouraged. It also does happen on our YouTube channel. 1009 Arsenal Way, if you want to come out in person, we'd love to have you in the city of Corona, off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And you can get driving directions when you download the Living Truth app in your app store today. God bless you, and we'll see you right here tomorrow. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God for that. If you're a longtime listener, please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's message in Job 1, 13 through 22, called When Your World Falls Apart. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.